Hello, welcome to Industry Reactions. Industry Reactions is a weekly briefing on industry events, changes, and future trends that impact your business. We're your host, Kelly Kimball and Jeff Martin from Kempoint. You can find Industry Reactions on YouTube, LinkedIn, and on uh, Apple Podcasts. For those watching YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the notification bell and hit the like button. We plan on discussing issues that impact the global industry and help you uncover new opportunities in the chemical space. We hope this provides market intelligence and that will keep you ahead of changing market conditions. Perfect. Thanks, Jeff. All right, so jumping right in. Following a small decline in December, industrial production actually rose about one and a half, it was 1.4% in January. Uh, most of this gain was from utility output where mining and manufacturing actually had smaller gains. Within manufacturing, the largest gains were in machinery, food and beverage, textiles, and paper. The largest declines were in printing, petroleum products, motor vehicles, and electrical equipment. Uh, capacity utilization tightened to 1% tightened by 1% to over 77% in January. This was up from 75% last January. Thanks, Kelly. That's interesting. The, all these numbers keep kind of bouncing around a little bit, but we're seeing small incremental growth. Right. All right. Well, next up for what seems to be our weekly supply chain discussion, um, it's playing a big part in all of our lives, whether it's uh, professionally or at home, uh, being able to get acquire things. Um, the Trans-Pacific capacity um, is forecast to be about 41% above pre-pandemic levels. So we see kind of the, that's where we're getting a lot of supply chain uh, crunching there. Um, with recent data, we can see the seasonal dip to the Chinese New Year, but the increase for the end of March and April um, is particularly uh, large. Um, it's likely to put renewed pressure on the U.S. Pacific coastal ports uh, that recently saw that they're kind of working through their queues, um, but we'll see more uh, ships there. So like right now, there are only 74 ships that anchor outside um, the Long Beach port or slowly headed there, uh, down from a record high of 109 in January, according to the Mar Marine Exchange of Southern California. Uh, record import demand is combined with uh, landslide logistical constraints uh, has pushed those ship queues to all-time highs uh, here in the third and fourth quarter of last year. Um, they've, like I said, they've only recently begun to kind of ease a little bit with the uh, Chinese New Year lowering production and shipping, uh, but we'll see that kind of coming back online later in the year. Yeah, seems like it's slowly getting better, but there's uh, still a ways to go. Yep. Okay, let's look at some housing. So following two years of double digit increases, single family housing starts are expected to increase by 1% to up to 1.29 million units in 2022. They are expected to then drop off in 2023. The housing market's obviously caught in a number of crosswinds. A lot of homeowners last year or even the year before during the pandemic, they, they didn't move, they stayed put. And so that really created a lack of resale inventory. And then there were a ton of millennials that were looking to purchase their first house. So that's just driving down the inventory even more. So those tailwinds have kind of uh, tempered by higher mortgage interest rates from buyers and then uh, supply stride constraints um, that are also brought on from the pandemic. 
The lack of building materials, though, that we're seeing that uh, I'm sure goes back to some of those supply chain challenges we're seeing is actually the number one challenge for the construction industry right now. Yeah, the, the amount of chemical raw materials that go into the housing market um, is pretty astounding, whether it's on OSB and plywood and other engineered lumber or if it's for cabinets and uh, countertops, resins and all sorts of things. And um, yep. so there's, yep, so there's all a lot things of can cause delays. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, next up, the uh, number of drilling rigs uh, operating nationally climbed by 10 uh, to over 600 this week, according to Baker Hughes. Uh, the rig count climbed again this week, though the jump was less drastic as oil prices kind of backed off a little bit uh, from last week's high. So this week, oil is trading around $91 a barrel, down slightly from the $93 a barrel from last Friday, um, which was the highest since 2014. Um, eight of the rigs added uh, were in Texas, and the other ones were um, scattered throughout the country. So uh, it's up 62% from the same week in uh, 2021. So we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of investment back there in the oil field. Yeah, pretty big increase. Yep. Okay, uh, next up in product introductions and company announcements. So Westlake Chemical Corporation announced that it plans to officially change its name to Westlake Corporation. This change was effective on February 18th of this year. Westlake is now organized under one unified brand name with two financial reporting segments. So they have their housing infrastructure products and their performance and essential materials. Westlake also completed a number of acquisitions last year. They um, acquired Lasco Fittings, a manufacturer of injection molded PVC fittings. They acquired Dimex LLC, which is a producer of post-industrial recycled plastic consumer and building products, and then also uh, Borel's Limited North American Building Products. So those include things like roofing, siding, trim, shutters, outdoor living products, decorative stone, and windows, kind of all those things we were just talking about needed for the, uh, the housing market. <laughs> um, these acquisitions have significantly enhanced the company's position in the housing and infrastructure markets and uh, just greatly expanded their overall product offering. They uh, also recently closed the acquisition of the global epoxy business of, of Hexion. And I say, I think the reorganization there is a bigger story than the West, than the name change. They didn't change very <laughs> much on the name, but right. um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the alignment, how those organizations are going to operate going forward is, is the interesting part of that story. Yep, definitely. Uh, next up, uh, Solvay's uh, Ventures, which is part of the capital fund of, um, of Solvay, announced an investment um, in a Chinese startup company for making hydrogen peroxide uh, as part of an expanded effort to um, explore core technology for energy storage and water electrolysis. Um, the startup solutions effectively create new energy efficient process to convert air and water into chemicals using um, electricity and should positively impact the sustainability of the um, of that process and the company's overall uh, carbon neutrality. Um, as the first technology in its platform, Chinyang Tech has developed the, a generator that produces an alkaline hydrogen peroxide uh, directly on the customer site based on uh, some patented technology. Uh, this technology makes it possible to produce and use green alkaline uh, peroxide 
uh, and areas where transportation is difficult or too expensive. Pretty cool. Okay, so BASF recently developed an alternative to cosmetic grade petroleum. Uh, this new product has properties that are very similar and it's based on 100% renewable ingredients. The product is called Setol Softfill and it's from BASF's Care Creations Division. Uh, it really allows eco-friendly and waterless formulations. The new product also has a melting effect on skin due to its transition from firm to liquid-like at skin, at skin temperature. It has been shown to leave skin softer and mimic petroleum um, and exclusivity. This emollient can be used to create face, body, hair, and even baby care products. Great. Uh, next up, as we move on to merger and acquisition announcements, uh, this one's a big one. Uh, DuPont announced that it entered into an agreement with Salonies to divest its mobility and materials segment, um, including its engineering polymers part, as well as some of the product lines from its performance resins and advanced solution business for $11 billion in cash, uh, which represents wow. yeah, which <laughs> represents a multiple of 14, um, uh, even a multiple of 14. So combined, these businesses uh, have about $3.5 billion um, in EBITDA and approximately. Um, so yeah, so they, this is expected to close at the end of uh, 2022 and affects about 5,000 employees and almost 30 manufacturing sites around the world. Uh, wow. Yeah, one of the key materials as part of this deal is the uh, Nylon 6.6 business of DuPont, which has been part of DuPont for over 80 years. So it's really kind of changing a lot of their historical businesses. Um, the use the use of the funds will be to pay for uh, the Rogers acquisition that uh, Japan made last year, um, as well as uh, continue some of the stock buybacks, as well as uh, investing in other other businesses going forward. Um, so yeah, it was pretty pretty big news for a lot of their materials there. Yeah, it's a big purchase. Big change is coming. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that's it for this week's edition of Industry Reactions. We will return next week with a fresh batch. Everyone have a great week. Thanks, sir.